Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to Revolution. Um... We kind of joked, but I, we think we almost have kids outnumbering the adults, so we'll need a kids pastor here. No, I think, what, well, is there five? Yep. Five, five kids, um, which is great, uh, more than, more than merrier. I'm Brian Odland. I'm filling in for Jay, even though Jay's here. Um, so he asked me because he has his, his little ones here, so he's on kid duty today, um, but I'm going to actually talk about something, it's spiritual, but not necessarily jumping in um, to the scriptures. I know Jay's wrapping up a series on Galatians, Um, but when he asked me like a week or so to talk about, or to fill in today, um, the church that I'm also a part of, um, I'm part of the United Church of Christ, uh, progressive liberal denomination. Um, if anybody real knows that it's the Lenten season, you know, since Easter's coming up, and a lot of churches in the UCC do like a book study, something dealing with, you know, that this time of the year. And our, our church um, has picked up a book to read called Gifts of the Dark Wood, Seven Blessings for Soulful Skeptics and Other Wanderers. Um, the author is Eric Elness. Uh, he's a United Church of Christ pastor in Omaha. Uh, Nebraska. Cool thing about this guy, before I get into what I was going to say, is uh, one of the things he did to raise awareness for climate change, for progressive ideals, is him and a couple other people literally walked across the country on foot, uh, and they went from Oregon all the way up into like the Northeast, and it took them, I think, like six months to a year to do that. Um, I'll just kind of go through... I'll go through a little briefly kind of what some of the talking points are, but then there's a poem uh, that I really wanted to focus on, on kind of where I want to go with the thrust of my talk. And then after that, um, we can, you know, do the afterglow. So um, what I liked about this book a lot is... It's not it's not like a memoir of him. It's more in how he got the name Gifts of the Dark Wood is if anybody's familiar with Dante's Inferno, if any of us are familiar with that, I guess before you go into the, the, um, the Inferno itself or the Seven Levels, um, there's a place called the Dark Wood where you go into the Dark Wood and it's kind of a time of introspection. It's a time of quiet it's a time where you can almost see the light coming in coming in a little bit um and in that time before you go into like the inferno itself that there's this um, i'm not gonna say purgatory but like this kind of holding place of what you can do um but the the chapter we're not done with it reading it at our church but the chapter that really struck me um and i think a lot of us could relate is, is called The Gift of Getting Lost. And you can take that many different ways, but I'm going to actually just read the poem and then kind of, while we do that, like 
just kind of going like line by line. It's not a very long poem, but kind of looking in there to see what what we think about it. Um, this poem is called Lost. It's very fitting for this chapter. It's by the poet David Wagoner. Um, so here it goes. Stand still, the trees ahead and bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are, wherever you are, it's called here. And you must treat it as a powerful stranger. You must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes, listen, it answers you. I've made this place around you. If you have it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to the raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still, the forest knows. Why, why you are, you must let it find you. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fully say what that means to everyone because it's all different. But with me, um, I'll just give you a little background on myself and why I really like that poem in that chapter. But if anybody knows me, that um, in my tradition, the United Church of Christ, I'm going towards ordination to to preach, um, teach all that fun stuff, and I feel like I'm lost in what I'm doing. Not that I want to be in ministry, but the process. And some denominations are different than others where it's a very quick process. I joke with my wife that if I went back to the Assemblies of God, even though I haven't been in there in years, I could literally say, I want to take the test, take the test, become ordained, and be a preacher. But I don't believe theologically or pretty much anything with that. But with a lot more progressive denominations, it takes a long time for you to get into into ordination, and it, and it should be. So I've done time doing internships, taking classes, and I have um, a clinical pastoral education left to do, which is pretty much like an internship dealing with, you know, end-of-life things, dealing with... Uh, things like that where you know seeing people in in hospice or in the hospital but it's very difficult because I work full time I'm my wife stays at home with our daughter um works part time and I was remember saying this to my group that I'm like at church I said I feel lost because I feel like all these things that I went to school for all the sleepless nights staying up late writing papers all, all this kind of stuff, I said, right now it's null and void. And I have my day job, which I work in facilities at a college here in the cities. I hate it. I don't like getting up at 4.30 in the morning every Monday through Friday to work at 5.30. It's a very dull and menial job, but I try to try to find hope. I try to find anything to to get me through the day. And when I read this chapter, it just hit me that when you're lost, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. And in this, in this poem, it says, wherever you are is called here. And he purposely wrote here with a capital H for emphasis of like, wherever you are is here. And I guess my whole point and why this really stuck out to me is I know all of us in this room 
are going through whatever we're going through. Some it, it might be good, it might be bad, it might be a little bit of both. But wherever you are in your journey, whether it's faith, deconstruction, reconstruction, whatever it is, you're meant to be here in this moment, you know, living the best you possibly can into that moment. And I mean, I think the rest of the poem is great too, but that just really struck me. And I'm like, well, that I'm like, that could preach. And so that's when I came up with this and that I've, I like poems and I know I've dabbled writing poems myself, but for what some reason, this poem just hit me where in all the junk and, and the crap that I go through in my daily life and personal life, you know, I'm trying to have a positive spin on it where I'll look at my wife, Amanda, and say, you know, I hate my job, but I'm fortunate to have a job to pay my bills, um, to put a roof over our head, to, you know, have a car and, and drive to revolution or drive to work or drive wherever. And being here in the moment can sometimes feel overwhelming. And sometimes you don't want to be here in this precise moment because it's tough. It's hard. It's down to the nitty gritty. But I do think wherever you are here at that moment, like don't look in the past. Don't look in the future. Just kind of be in the here and now and just embrace what you have, whether you're a parent, uh, a student, you know, just an employee at a job. You're at you're you're at where you're supposed to be at, but that here might not necessarily be here tomorrow, where you're supposed to be or wherever. And another thing he said in this, not in this poem, but in this chapter, is that there's going to be times where you know in your heart, where you know in your mind, what the next step in life is supposed to be, and that could be different for all of us. That could be a different job, a different relationship, a different uh, career choice. It could be moving somewhere else. And it's scary because you can feel lost. And I'm using kind of lost as very ambiguous, but you can be lost. But in that lostness and in that ambiguity, here, wherever here is, is supposed to be right exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think that's very important. Um, I said it's not going to be that long, so I'm going to keep it to my keep it keep uh keep to my word. There's the one thing at the end of this chapter that he says. I want to see what page it's on. Um, he ends the chapter with saying this, and I think this really hits it home. In the dark wood, even those who are lost themselves can be gift bearers to those seeking their way in the dark. And I'm a firm believer that whether you believe in God, you don't believe in God, um, we all can help each other out. I know I know. Jay has said it you know, in past sermons. Caleb, when he's spoke here, I think a lot of us in this room will say, wherever we're at on our journey in faith, and we can help each other. Whether you feel lost spiritually, you feel lost personally or mentally or whatever, that you you we can help each other, you know, because being sometimes being a human just it's tough, it's rough, it's it's tough. But 
I think what he was saying here is when you're in that dark wood, um, and I like the cover of the book too because it's literally a picture of of woods, that when when we're stuck, when we go through life, and when I read this poem, I kind of just shut my eyes and kind of, not if we know what Lecto Divina is, kind of just like repeating that, that like where you are or is here and kind of just picturing myself in this dark wood of quote-unquote life uh, before I'm going in somewhere that's even darker or more drab or dreary. And of just saying, you know, and I was like, and I'm a big fan of lament if anybody knows me, and I kind of was just like, God, you know, I'm lost. I don't know what what my next step is. I feel defeated. I feel that my own denomination doesn't want me. They're making it harder. I'm stressed and burnt out before being even in ministry full-time. And I just felt like this presence, whether you want to call it God or the Spirit or whatever, um, that's just personally for me, of just feeling this peace, of just feeling this moment of like clarity of where like just because I'm in this moment doesn't mean I'm going to be here forever. I might be here another week, another month, another year, but knowing that that's not going to be forever. But embracing the the time that I'm here, whatever this moment or whatever this here is. Um, and I would just, I don't know, I would just recommend, urge all of us to just kind of embrace being lost and whatever lost is for you. But I feel like when, as humans, we don't like when we're down, we don't like it when crappy things are happening to us. No one does. But what this author so eloquently says is that when you are lost, you don't always have to be happy or, or, or being down and sad sometimes is part of life. There are emotions, there are feelings. But you're at where you're supposed to be at, and tomorrow might be a different here. Next week might be a different here. But embrace that while you're in that dark wood. And I, I and I, I love the book just because it's hitting me in the gut and in, in my soul where I need it to. Um, so I recommend getting this book. It's really cheap online. Uh, Gifts of the Dark Wood um, by Eric Elness. Um, it's pretty much all that I have, if that's okay. I knew there was going to be a lot of kids, <laughs> so I didn't want to go really far. And then we can do Afterglow. But, I mean, that was just that was just important to me to kind of just get off my chest. So I thank Jay for giving me the opportunity to talk. Like, what even time is it? Look at that, 1120. Um, but, yeah, just be here, be in that moment. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jay. Um, he, he's, he's helping me out, and I didn't even know. Uh, no, we have, before we pass the hat, um, I'm part of a podcast that I started with a couple others, my wife, Caleb. Um, Jay, you come to us sometime. It's called The Sacred Collective. Um, we've been recording now, what, a little over a year? Yeah, right about a year. Yeah, right a year. Uh, we meet at my house uh, in St. Paul, but we're uh, maybe, I could say, a group of misfits uh, in a good way. Um, but how we got the name The Sacred Collective is we're, I think we're all sacred people. We all have a voice. We all have a story, and we're a collective of people that get together. Um, but we we uh, love what we're doing, but sometimes there's just three or four of us, and we don't want to be a vacuum. 
um, and sounding the same old, same old. So please listen. Um, more downloads, the better. Um, you can find us on iTunes um, by just putting in Sacred Collective. If you find us, we're like a little skull, and inside the skull it says established 2017 because that's when we kind of kicked everything off. So please, please listen to that. We have some, uh, I booked three or four guests that are coming on. Um, one is a local musician, kind of in the punk music scene. Another one's a film blogger from Belfast, Northern Ireland. And another one uh, is the host of a very irreverent but very hilarious podcast called The Inglorious Pastors. Actually, Jay was on that a while back. Um, so, And then there's more. There's more coming down the pike. Um, Anybody who does a podcast knows that it's a hustle uh, to try to to try to do it. And I'm not shameless plug. I'm not going to mind if we get patrons because we've had that up for almost a year and we have zero patrons. Um, so yeah, and you know anything helps. So right now we're footing it out of our own pocket, and that can be difficult sometimes. So shameless plug for our podcast. But with Revolution, Revolution's uh, not profit. Um, take donations for it to survive uh as jay and others will say and as i i echo it we would rather have you here and listening than money but you know money talks it helps pay the bills so i'm gonna throw the hat out but i guess maybe before that i'll just end in a quick prayer pass the hat out and then if we want to do afterglow caleb we could do that um but it's short and sweet maybe the shortest sermon i've ever preached in my life um but here we go dear god thank you for um bringing everyone here today on a cold but beautiful day and i know we don't always like being lost or feeling lost or being in this dark wood of life but let us understand that being in the here is where we need to be in the ambiguity that life is sometimes or life might throw at us help us to realize that that here might not be the here we're in today or tomorrow or the next day but wherever we're at in life help us not to get too bogged down with with feeling too lost but embracing the lost and trudging on to the next day because and 